Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the 39th edition of the Jaguar Report podcast, your post-draft pod. I'm Gus Slogue. Joining <laughs> me is my co-host, John Shipley. Have you recovered fully from all 13 selections yet, John? That was a mouthful. Post-draft pod. That was Post-draft pod. Yeah, I had to take a beat. Yeah, that was pretty good. Now, 13 picks, man. I, I did not think they were going to do it. No. <laughs> It's like the end of you know Planet Apes. He's like, you really did it. You blew it. Up. Like, <laughs> they really did it. I I didn't see it coming at all. No. I yeah. No, like you said, it was like a marathon. I def, definitely recovered. I mean, I'm still like in my like draft analysis part, you know, of the class. Like I'm still watching tape on all the guys they drafted. I've watched most of the guys, but mm-hmm. still going through everything because you know, like I told you, I watched about a hundred guys and. They drafted a handful of them. <laughs> yeah. Who were you did you watch uh obviously you watched Anton Harrison. You watched Tank beforehand? Beforehand, no. Oh. Well, who did you watch before the draft that the Jags ended up drafting? Like Anton Harrison, Anton Antonio Johnson. Antonio Johnson, uh Yasir. Yasir. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I was I'll just wait to I should I should have later, but I should have watched Tank. That was on me, and I should have watched Britain Strange. But I mean, given that like we knew for sure they were taking a running back round three or four, I was just hoping the whole process that it was going to end up being a fourth rounder. But it yeah. McBride fell to the seventh, and Pierce fell out of the draft altogether. Those were surprising to me. Hey, right? I did not realize Spears did not have an ACL. 
<laughs> I did not know that either. That's pretty tough. There was uh, the one tweet I saw was like, he can play in the NFL, but it will be a very short career. If I knew that, I probably would have mocked him to them more. A little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it I, I definitely should have watched Tank. I mean, what I've watched the Tank, like he's, I don't think anybody's, like, we'll obviously talk about it, like the issue with Tank at all is like, where he was taken in a draft. Like, it's, mm-hmm. that seems about where, you know, he should go. Agreed. Yeah, I think, especially when you consider, like, the drop-off in running backs, like you said, um, like McBride falling to the seventh round. Yeah, is like, like the, NFL, the, the, the NFL didn't like this running back class. Yeah, so when the tank, hip, tank pick happened, it was like, oh, maybe they could have waited another round and gotten, like, someone else. But really, like, I think they, like, went into the draft wanting a rotational running back. And there was less of those available than we might have originally said. So I agree. I think in a vacuum, like the tank pick is completely fine slash solid. Hundred percent. Yeah, and then like, like you said, we'll we'll talk about it more. And I, I think at each of the uh, you know the positions, we're going to talk about you know maybe some of the other guys who are options there. But man, you you want to start off right off the bat? With the I, I'll be yeah, honest. Let's do it. I we're going to go. Entire, the the entire draft went very different from how. The first round went. I mean, dude, mm-hmm. Jim Balky had won like the three or four best like first nights of like any general manager. Like it, it was so it, good. It was it was terrific. You know, like even yeah, if you want to debate the selection of an offensive tackle or the selection of Harrison, you know, you I know the consensus board doesn't love him. I know Dane Brugler wasn't like super high on him, but I mean, he's a guy who like NFL teams talked about like in the top twenty for like this entire process. I. I didn't think he was going to be there at 24 in general. You know, right. like I, I, I thought he was going to go off in the top 20 on that run of tackles because to me, there was five offensive tackles worth being taken in the first round. And he was, you know, that last one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Peter King dropped in his Monday column that the Raiders were apparently considering Anton Harrison 12th overall. And then I was pretty convinced that he wasn't going to get past the Buccaneers at 19th overall. Uh, so to back up a little bit, John and I are going to just go pick by pick and assign grades to each player. And the Jaguars originally were supposed to pick 24th overall on Thursday night. They ended up trading back twice, once with the Giants to get to 25, once with the Bills to get to 27, and came away with Anton Harrison, who is a two-year starter at Oklahoma and earned second-team All-Big 12 selection in 2021 and a first-team selection in 2022. And he played left tackle for the Sooners, but is expected to play on the right side for the Jaguars. Is that correct? Yeah, no, I think Doug Peterson already said in an interview like with the new Jaguars.com reporter that, you know, he's going to play right tackle and, you know, play next to Brandon Sheriff. So Brandon Sheriff had a rookie next to him last year, <laughs> right off, right off the bat again in year two. And it, it you know, it, like if you look at it big picture wise, like they're just basically replacing like go back to the Kansas City game, the playoff game, that same offensive lineup. They're replacing Marvin Jones, a couple Ridley, and Juwan Taylor with Anton Harrison. And that's that's more or less it. You know, like he, he's just a, a direct replacement for Juwan Taylor, which, you know, if he plays at a solid level, I mean, relative to what they did to get him compared to what Juwan's getting, obviously he'll be at left tackle. I mean, it'll look like a good deal, but I mean th- they they needed to come out of the draft with a starting right tackle, and that's never a good position to be in. And yeah, it, it, they, in my opinion, got lucky that Harrison was there. Like I was surprised that he was, and 
I do think the Bengals would have taken him if they traded down third time. I right. I know Trent Bulky mentioned you know, that they consider it a third time. I really think the Bengals would have taken him. There was a bunch of rumors about how like a handful of teams were desperately trying to trade back into the first two. So, I mean, the Titans ended up trading it for Will Levis at 33 overall, but I think Harrison would have been another potential guy that teams were trying to get. Yeah, I mean, what, what – I guess the biggest question is, you know, him – he started, what, one game at right tackle in his career, and now you're shifting him over for a guy who started – what was it, 68 games over there? I mean, what, what I guess, level drop-off do you expect that to be right away? Right away, I would say pretty significant, honestly, just because, as you said, he's going over to the other side. Jawan Taylor seriously played like a, probably a top five right tackle next year. So just expecting Harrison to be a top five right tackle in general is just a little bit of atrocious. You can't expect that going in. Have you? Okay. So I, I admittedly, you know, I, I watched him, you know, pre draft five. Now, this happens every year when they draft a guy. That's when you actually watch him deeper. Have you watched him again since they drafted him? Uh, I honestly didn't really watch him at all, except for like a couple of clips that I saw on Twitter before the draft. And then after the draft, I compiled just a bunch of highlights for every draft pick that you can find on Big Cat Country. And honestly, my favorite highlight reel was Anton Harrison. He was a lot of fun to watch, especially for a trench player. And so uh, like I'm no draft expert or scout or anything like that. But just from the 15 minutes that I have gone back to watch him, it, it was a lot of fun. That was a solid ad drop there. That was, that was, yeah. That was, that was nice. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of him, honestly. I mean, yeah, I get like there are questions coming from Oklahoma's scheme, which is, you know, not anything close to an NFL scheme and playing against Big 12 pass rushers, which, you know, despite Will McDonald going top 15 are not anywhere close to, you know, <laughs> NFL pass rushers. But I mean, he, he still played a couple, you know, first round picks and, McDonald, uh, the guy at Kansas City, FAU, the guy at Kansas City drafted. He, he, I mean, he was a clean prospect, at least to me, and he's one of the youngest tackle prospects. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, there'll be, you know, probably some bumps along the way, but one, he's somebody who, like, you, you don't, when the Titans missed an Isaiah win, I think everybody can just assume they didn't do their homework on him. The Jaguars, like, when they do their homework on guys, like, like, you, like Phil Rauscher, he, he was at Oklahoma's pro then this year and you know obviously he's talked about the importance of pro days and the Jaguars Trent Baalke did too I think you can see just how important it was like the homework that they did on him so I think if you know Roush was given his, his stamp of approval which he obviously did mm-hmm. and mixed in with I think the scheme makes things a little easier for tackles maybe than some other schemes you know they he, I think last year Trevor had one of the quickest time of throws in the NFL and I think Trevor just himself, you know, he's a low sack quarterback to begin with, you know, he's a low hit quarterback to begin with. I mean, I think it's a good landing spot for a young tackle. Yeah. I think Doug might, Doug does a lot of RPOs and a decent amount of play action, but it's really a tackle or offensive line friendly offense because of what you said, just because Trevor is so good at evading pressure and getting rid of the ball. And so I think it's like a good point to not really expect a ton immediately, but like every draft scouting report that i've seen on him is like there might be some um hiccups in the short term because he is so young and a little bit raw but he's generally expected to be a very good pass protector for a long time in the nfl if like pre-draft we expected him to be there and we were talking about like him and torrance who would you have said like him or torrance i, I would probably said harrison made the most sense because i mean they need a tackle more than an inverted 
Yeah, uh, and like I would have given the edge to Harrison more based on like the fact that he plays tackle versus guard as much as anything else. But it's especially easy to say that with hindsight since Torrance ended up falling into like the mid to late second round. Yeah. Like in hindsight, Brian Branch would have been a reach at you know twenty four or whatever. Exactly. That's uh, I I have a whole galaxy brain take about the people grade stuff on like expected draft position. Like how is something expected when it the draft position isn't something that's actually a real thing until the draft happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like now Brian Branch's expected draft position is where he got drafted. <laughs> but to me, it's something like you look at later down the road in terms of value instead of right. I don't know. I've it's, all got it's hard to like balance how to use like the consensus mocks because it's like should a team get praised for guy getting a guy that like fell pretty far or should they not receive receive any praise at all for just like yeah it's it's tough to gauge that's what teams are asking about Harry Roseman yeah. so what would you grade the uh Anthony? um I would grade it an a minus because to me the only unless you've like really dove into his tape and don't like him as a prospect to me the only negative about the draft pick in the night overall after trading back and getting extra draft capital would be opportunity costs just because edge rushers nolan smith and miles murphy were still available at 24 plus joey porter jr and um the maryland cornerback deontay banks so like and then after i thought about a little bit i was like it's since as you said anton was kind of the last of the top five tackles and there's a decent amount of edge and cornerback depth in uh round two I was like, I'm not really as concerned about the opportunity cost. And then, of course, they ended up not taking a corner at <laughs> day three. I was going to say, they went ahead and hit that. Don't worry. Yeah. But, like, for trading back and still getting the guy that you wanted most, that was, like, highest on your board, I'd give it an A-, minus, even though they I would preferred gonna... personally to see a corner. Yeah. I mean, they were going to take him number 24 overall. I mean, I think even uh, a reporter – you know, tweeted they're taking him at number twenty four overall, and then they traded last minute, <laughs> and then they of course take took him at number twenty seven. And it, obviously, the Cam Robinson, you know, the pending suspension that's going to everything there. Trent Ball shouts to you, by the way. Go to Jaguar Report to see John's massive bomb. Nice break. That's all I'm saying. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Balky, when he talked about it, he said, you know how. He got asked if it played into the decision to draft Harrison and more or less said, you know, yeah, <laughs> it did. I think overall, like, he said if it was that big of a deal, they would have just taken Harrison at 24. I, I, I'm I, not sure if I agree with that because I think, like, the value and what they did with taking him was knowing these other teams weren't going to take a tackle. Like, I saw the Cowboys were – debating Mozzie or Bergeron, but they were talking about Bergeron as a guard. Right. You know? and, and that was his problem with the Jaguars fit. You know, he would have been a good left guard option, but not a great right tackle option, which was my whole, <laughs> why he was like a kind of a doomsday scenario. I thought maybe if Harrison was off the board, you know, maybe that's big. So I agree with you. I said B plus on draft day, but after I've, it's marinated more, I, I'd go with the minus. It, it, it was a good pick. I think I, I get why people are underwhelmed by it, but I think it was a pick to have to happen. Yeah, it was just and like even the I mean Banks did end up getting taken at twenty fifth overall, but the big players that were on the board were all people who were falling for a reason, like Joey Porter and Nolan Smith and Brian Branch and Osiris Torrance. So yeah, I I was it was an A minus pick. Yeah. Moving on to day two, 
the Jacksonville Jaguars then had their big uh, shock of the draft by taking first moving down from 56 to 61st overall, even after Balky acquired extra picks on day one. And they were kind of talking about moving up in the second, but they traded down instead and ended up taking tight end Brenton Strange, who started for three years at Penn State and was third team all Big Ten in 2022. But He's also joined Drew Sample and Cole Komet as the only tight ends since 2014 to be drafted in the top two rounds with less than 800 career receiving yards in college. So, to be frank, he was not expected to be a second-round pick. Yeah. No, and I think – what was I think even like the most optimistic evaluators had him, what, like third round? Like third right. or fourth round? Uh, yeah, I think I saw in Brugler's guide he had him as a third or fourth rounder, and that was the highest that I had saw, seen him. And I mean, even above tight ends, he went behind guys who are, you know, are frankly, you know, Tucker Craft, who, you know, I, I honestly did like when I watched. Darnell Washington obviously had some kind of, you know, medical issue, but. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I, other than that, I'd probably say that was about where, you know, the tight end class, like, stops <laughs> being interesting. Like, I would take him over, you know. I would take Strange when I've watched him over the Josh Riley types, the Will Mallory types. Like mm-hmm. my complete take, like on the Strange pick, honestly, has nothing to do like with him as a player. Like I think he's an interesting prospect. You know, like right. his comparison. There, there was a like run on tight ends in the second round. Like there was, I think, five taken before him. So if you're like following the board or whatever, it makes a little bit of sense from that perspective. I, I look like a moron. I said my like random off the cuff prediction. When looking at, like, I expected them to trade up around two. Okay, one, I missed on that completely. And then two, I thought they were going to trade up for a tight end and take, you know, Darnell Washington because I was just assuming freak tight end from Georgia, Trent Balky would be in love with. Mm-hmm. He barely went in the top 100. So that was, yeah, that was that was a complete swing and a miss. But, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Sam Laporta went, you know, at the very start of the round. Michael Mayo went the next pick. Musgrave went 42. I mean, these are guys who honestly all would have made sense for the Jaguars to be interested in. And then, so Jaguars were picking at 56. They traded with the Bears, picked up that day three pick. Bears took Tyreek Stevenson, a guy who honestly made sense for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't imagine he was, I wouldn't imagine he was the guy the Jaguars would tend to pick in on if they knew the Bears were going to take him. So I, I just, I don't know. I don't think he would have been the pick there. You know what I mean? Right. So and then John Michael Smith said, it, it, it seems like he's a center, not a guard. So I don't think they were going to take him. Luke Shoemaker at fifty-eight to the Cowboys. Osiris Torrance, DJ Turner. I mean, Shoemaker and Turner going right before the Jaguars pick. I felt like was a pretty big, you know, significant run. And then Cam Smith obviously going at fifty-one to Miami. Keon White at 46 to the Patriots. These are all picks I felt like the Jaguars like would have potentially been really interested in. And then, you know, they by the time they're on the board, it's okay, you can't take a guy like Tyler Steen or anything like that, you know, because you already picked offensive line. You mm-hmm. don't want to take a Zach Pickens or a Byron Young from Alabama. Those are reaches. At the end of the day, like I get why they had to take a tight end. Like there, if you're going to target one, because you either get one there or get one who's not going to contribute at all. And I guess the question is a tight end over, you know, one of the cornerbacks or one of the pass rushers who went after him. You know, Garrett Williams from from Syracuse, you know, was a guy that they passed on. Uh, Zach Harrison was a guy that they ended up passing on. 
Yaya Diaby was a guy they ended up passing on. You know, did he, uh, Kobe Turner, you know, these are all different guys that, you know, could have potentially been those type of pass rushers. I guess those are the biggest questions with the strange pick. And then, I mean, it sounds like, you know, that they want him to be the number two tight end, play some H back and stuff, like do a Trey Burden type role, like he did in Philadelphia. I just sent out an, like right before we started this pod, I sent like an RIS comparison of the two of them because I would say I, Burton definitely makes a lot of sense as a comp for Strange. I mean, what was Burton's like season high in targets under Peterson? You have that number? I can find it. But yeah, like it's definitely less of a like I, for yeah. a Dallas Goddard pick and more of a Trey Burton. And if and people are like asking if he can be the direct replacement for Ingram and you know, maybe. Maybe he can, but what if in a month it sure seems like the Jaguars still want to extend Evan Ingram? What if in a month when they extend Evan Ingram, like it seems like they want to? Then what, what? What are you saying then? You know, like I don't know. And there's there's a lot of. I mean, Jamal Agnew literally had the most self-aware tweet I've ever seen from an NFL player. Tweeted last night about like getting the ball, and he's like, "There's not a lot of touches when you like look at." Uh, Kirk, Ingram, Zay, Ridley, and ETN, and he's mm-hmm. saying this. I mean, that's going to be the case. It's just strange. Like, even, like, in the case where people were saying he'll improve them the most, like short yardage stuff, red zone, etc. It's, like, such a niche role. Like, it, I guess the biggest question is taking that role at 61. Right. Like, yeah, it's, like, the opportunity cost comes up again because – the Jaguars ranked 30th in pass defense DVOA last year. And we've talked a lot about on this podcast about how they had a nice stretch at the end of the season, but it was kind of some fake games against bad offenses with bad quarterbacks. And so for them, like not to take a corner or an edge in day one is like, okay, that's fine because you need to fill the hole at tackle. And because there's plenty of talent still available on day two, but then for them not to come away with on, on day two with, just defensive help was pretty shocking to me. Yeah. Like I, I, I realize I'm not an NFL general manager. I never will be, but like my armchair GM move, what I would have done, I would have stayed at 56 and taken DJ Turner. Right. If, like I agree that like corner would have been probably the move there. Cause I think Tyreek Stevenson, DJ Turner, Cam Smith, if you had moved up for him, Julius Brents, if you had moved up for him, um, there might be an, like one other name, but it seemed like there was a lot of decent round two cornerbacks that would have made a lot of sense yeah. as opposed uh, to I, like reaching on Trey Burton, whose best season in Philadelphia was 60 targets, 37 catches, and 327 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. So I like again, armchair GM. I this is so easy for me to say because I'll never have a job that's dependent on me being correct on you know these. <laughs> Isn't that me. nice though? <laughs> it, it is. It is. It's fantastic. Like, I, like dude, the draft seems extremely stressed. Like these guys aren't having fun. It seems stressful, dude. It dude. seems like hell. <laughs> I was feeling sorry for myself, just like writing stories in my house. Like I can't imagine how stressed they are in war rooms. Can't they, imagine. They did enough scouting that they had info on Derek Parrish, I guess. <laughs> so that there we go. <laughs> so I mean, I. It, this is just in my opinion and from like people who pre-draft it sounded like they liked a lot and then they really into this draft wanting like it felt like they wanted shootmaker at some point in the draft and this tight end run sure seemed like he was going to go in the second i i don't i don't i'm not gonna say they would trade it back thinking he was going to be there at 61 but it wouldn't surprise me if he was who they wanted like in the second round and then when he went 
I, I think they were kind of asking themselves, okay, what do we do now? Me, if me personally, if I traded back and my target was Shoemaker and he got taken, okay, DJ Turner was taken there too. I probably would have taken Yaya Diaby, honestly. Like, he, he would have been a reach, but he's still, it, it's a roll on the dice side in a premium position. And he didn't go, I mean, that, that much later. Yaya went the fifth. I or, the oh, no, I'm just mixing him up with Yasir. Never mind. You're right. With the guy they took? Yeah. I got no, him yeah. Up. No, I, I meant they should have taken the guy they took in the fifth round. I I would have taken a corner. And I don't understand if you want Shoemaker. Like, why would you trade back five picks? Is it really worth, like, the day three capital that you got to risk the, that move? It, it seemed like Balky was just, like, on a heater from Thursday night or just on a heat check. <laughs> and he's like, just let me keep shooting, man. Let me keep and- shooting. And like you said, like like they did, like the board fell the way it fell. Like it did, you know, like the end of the round and basically all these rounds was not like the place to be picking. <laughs> you know, yeah. like when you're a good team, you're missing on prospects. Yeah. Like they missed like on, like a lot of guys. Like Derek Hall would have been super intriguing. They never had a chance for him. You know, Isaiah Foskey never had a chance for him. Modulari never had a chance for him. You know, Julius Prince, uh, Brian Branch, Keon White. You know, these are all guys that would have had – make pretty significant moves up the board for it. They, like, never had a shot at any of them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking during the draft was that, like... It kind of hits you, doesn't it? It's not just the first round that gets impacted by, like, how well your team did the last year. Like, there's a pretty significant impact in all the other rounds, too. Maybe we'll temper expectations for day two next year. Mm. Okay. So you think they're making the playoffs after this haul, John? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I do, too. Come on. I was trying to think of like hot takes earlier, and one of them was something about them not making the playoffs. I was like, even that's just too hot. It would have to be like you'd have to like guess on injury. Yeah, I'm not point. protecting you from that one. Yeah, I'm not protecting you for that one. Fortunately, yeah, yeah. what, what grade do you give this? Up for grabs still. What grade do you give this? D. Yeah. D plus maybe. I was gonna say D plus. You asked. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say F, honestly. I was trying D to go plus. higher than you. Nah, I'll go D plus because I, I know Doug Peterson knows more than me. And this definitely seems like a pick that he was like, you know, really about, you know, tight end friends and, you know, the likes, etc. cetera. <laughs> it, 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 it definitely seemed like a, like a Doug Peterson influence pick. So and I'm sure, you know, like he's he he's the cook in the kitchen. You know, he like he knows how he's going to use him. So I'm right. assuming so. I, I yeah. again, my issue is, is less so the player. No, I, I don't think he's a like late second player, but in this draft, if you're going to reach on a tight end, I, I get it to an extent. You know, he's better than he's better than every tight end that went after him, except for Kraft and Washington. And they both had medical injuries. So, as much as I want to say, just take Darnell Washington, I also completely get it. You know, if, if Darnell Washington was like was anything close to healthy, he wouldn't have been anywhere close <laughs> to being a Bernal. Yeah. In the nineties, so I I get it, you know. What were Kraft's uh, concerns? Because I yeah, I he, assumed he, he was going to be a target, but then he missed, I didn't a, lot, see he missed a lot of time with ankle injuries. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so like again, like some positions it just kind of falls yeah. off, you know, completely. Like with Harrison, it was that offensive tackle, and with Strange, it seems like it was that tight end. And then I mean, the one we're about to break down now, Tink Bigsby. It seemed like yeah. the same thing was happening at running back. Are we uh, talking ourselves? 
I like it's just the draft is like it's like its own market every year. Like it's hard to navigate, dude. It really is. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's pretty inexcusable not leading with a defensive player in the first three rounds. But like, I definitely see the vision for all of these picks. I guess the biggest question is like their inability to to trade up, and you're wondering like who maybe would they take? Would they take me? Yeah, you know, next, you know, Tank Bigsby. You know, third round, number eight, number 88 overall. You know, mm-hmm. guys who went, you know, immediately before him, you know, started at number 80. DJ Johnson from Oregon went to Carolina at 80. Uh, Ty J. Spears, you know, maybe he was a potential target, went to the Titans at 81. Yaya Diaby went to the Bucks at 82. Riley Moss, who I'm assuming would have been a target, went to the Broncos at 83. Uh, Devon, uh, the Texas A&M running back, went <laughs> to the Miami Dolphins at 84. Uh, Dion Henley went to the Chargers 85, Trent Simpson to the Ravens 86, Jair Brown to the 49ers, and then Tank Bigsby. And to Tank Bigsby, they pass on guys like Kobe Turner, Demarion Overshawn, Dwayne Williams, Juanio Morris, Darnell Washington, Michael Wilson, Jordan Battle, uh, Siake Ika, a kicker, and Mackie Blackman. And that is the list, list for day two. A kicker. When yeah. did you say that Garrett Williams went again to the Cardinals? Garrett Williams went uh, like after they took. Um, he went seventy two, so he went after they took Strange. So okay. he went like early day third. He went early third round. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a potential two or three round yeah. back target. And he said he was going to be ready by July. So, so what did he uh, like tears ACL late last year? October. Okay. So Tank Bigsby was a three-year starter at Auburn, SEC Freshman of the Year, and second-team All-SEC player in 2020, and led the team in rushing in 2021 and 2022. Um, The only exposure I've gotten to him really is that I saw a stat where he didn't lead the Auburn backfield in yards per carry last year, which is apparently not great for running backs. But after talking to a buddy who went to Auburn, it was like, I mean, the Tigers weren't very – pretty last year on offense apparently it was the a terrible offensive line and like tank kind of got like the more difficult carries in more difficult situations and so there's kind of a lot of context around that nice. and the other the only other thing is what do you say that's good cope yeah <laughs> that's what i was looking for man that's why <laughs> I'm, I'm, i was just searching for the last three days um <laughs> Yeah, and then I've just seen that he's like a tough dude, just like tough physicality, not just to add to the running back room in Jacksonville, but to add to the roster overall, just tough. So what are your takeaways from Tank? Well, he's definitely a tough guy to have. You know, like he's a super like physical runner, violent runner, in between a tackles guy, can break mm-hmm. tackle, like break tackles. He has good vision. Uh, Doug Peterson mentioned like his he has good feel for like fronts defenses and when you watch him like it makes a lot of sense like he runs with a lot of juice but he also it seems like he runs with a very good understanding for like where defenses are flowing to and spacing and stuff like that like I feel like he's a great compliment you know for ETN and again like I feel like this is where he should have gone uh, overall like I, I think they're going to carry four running backs you know I did my fifty three man prediction I yeah. think Tank will be in the mix for running back number two. Uh, the Ernest Johnson will be a special teams, like a core special teams guy. Uh, Hasty will be in the mix running back number two and be a special teams guy. ETN will obviously be the lead back. And then I 
I, I think Stephen's going to have a hard time making the team. Man. I, I, like, I, it's it's not unheard of for a fifth round pick to not make the team. You know, his second reason. It's not. It's not going to be. See, no, it's not. It's not. I was just rolling my eyes because what about fifth round picks who like the team traded up for? It's probably happened. I have no data to back It's probably up. happened. I have no data to back that one up. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 maybe he learns how to play special teams, but I mean, he didn't play any last year, but the single snap. So I don't know. I'd like, I, again, I like Tank, the player, the pick again. Like, it, it's the question of taking a running back over taking some of these other guys. Like, I, I think Kobe Turner would have been an interesting guy to take if you want to go defense. I think, you know, if Jordan Battle, you know, they don't need a safety, but they ended up taking, you know, two potential safeties on day three. He would have been an interesting guy. I think Mickey Blackman, you know, would have been a potentially interesting guy. You know, Keely Ringo, I, I would have just taken Ringo at that spot. You know, I, I, I would have. That, that's the player, again, armchair GM, but who I would have taken there. But I, I, I like think the player is just the value of they're taking, you know, like a backup running back there. But, I mean, it does probably say ETN's not – I would assume ETN doesn't get, like, a big extension from the team. Right. Well, how many touches – like, how many carries do you think Dearness Johnson is going to get per game? Five or closer to zero? Five? five I mean, okay. Five, <laughs> like, I know he's not going to – okay. No, closer to zero, dude. Uh, like, if everybody's healthy? Yeah. Deanna Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought he brought, like, something different than all the other running backs. You're so right, I thought, right. like, for all of their third and ones. Tra- oh, let's bring out the earnest. But training, I tra- training camp can change everything, you know? Like, tra- tra- like – there, there, there are you no know, Sopranos when there's always like trials are there to be won, you know, like jobs are like position battles are there to be won, you know, like they're, like they're there. But I'd be surprised if he's anything more than a special teams guy. Like okay. that, that, that I was just giving right a bigger role, so I appreciate you bringing me back down to earth. Um, Five. yeah, I don't. <laughs> what else? I don't so really what great, what great, do you get? What great do you get that? I, I give it a like, C plus. Like I like the pick. Don't really get taken the position there. I guess that's really my. Only I was gonna say that too. To be different, I'll just go. No, I was gonna say C plus. So I'll I'll do C plus too. Yeah. Are you keeping track of these at all? No, but I can. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> no. <Nah>, okay. Nah. <laughs> all right. Next up, Ventro Miller. You go ahead. You go ahead and take the lead here as a uh, Florida. Okay, so when I I really wanted the team to trade up for Derek Hall because in like my last mock I predicted that they would trade up for him, and so at this point the Jags hadn't taken anyone that I had mocked to them, and so I was just looking for like something that would make me feel good. So then Ventro Miller gets picked in the fourth round, and I jump up and go yes, and then I say what round is it right now? Because as someone who graduated from Florida and from someone who mocked him once or twice, I was like, it was very, it was a redemptive pick for me. But then I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. What day is it? (laughs) What round did you mock him in? I had him going to the sixth round. And that was like, that might have been kind to him. That's about where people have him. Yeah. So Ventro is a four-year starter at Florida at linebacker. He was a six-year super senior because he dealt with injuries the past year or two and might have gotten uh, 
COVID excuse. And he led the team in tackles in 2020 and was a team captain in 2022. It's kind of the biggest thing going for him, it seems like, is that he's a big leader slash locker room guy slash, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Thoughts? <laughs> Anytime like, a player from Florida is like, the top of the thing on their scouting report is their leadership. I, I, raise, I raise an eyebrow. I, I just uh, very fair. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they should not have been taken in the fourth round. I, 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 like just following Florida fans for as long as I have. Like I saw their reactions on the bigger thing. So like it in the press box, like somebody had said it, and I thought it was like a, I I, I thought it was like a goof, like because we were talking, you know, before the pick and uh, Michael DeRocco at ESPN asked, he's like, what's one position they would take here that would just enrage everybody? And I was good. I was completely joking. I was like, watch him take a linebacker. <laughs> he says, Victor Miller's taken. And I'm like, I didn't think they would do it. We were talking I, about the funniest picks that would happen. I was trying to say six round linebacker was set to happen. And then it just happened he, in the fourth instead. He's a very, very bulky Jaguars linebacker. Like, like he's, it, it, to me, like people were saying, replace Shaq Quarterman. I don't even think he's going to play Shaq Quarterman this year. I think they're both going to be on the roster. And it's just, it, it's going to be a linebacker core that, you know, you, the, you, you're going to have to hope the starters are healthy and you want some speed on, on, on the field. But as a Gators fan, yeah, I'm excited that he's on the team and I think he'll be valuable on special teams and in the locker room. But I do not want to see him on. First down, second down, or third down, and that's the first. That's the, you said special teams. Like to me, again, they came into the draft needing basically, like in terms of players they're replacing. That they're like, okay, we have to replace these guys, or we don't know if we can field the team right now. Jawan, that was it. You know, like like yeah, you got to replace Key, but I'm I'm almost I'm assuming they have a plan for pass rusher. You, you think, know? but. Juwan was the main one. After that, they could basically like throw darts. You know, they they, they really could. It wasn't anybody who needed to play, you know, instantly. So, uh, it, what grade do you give it? D minus. I give it a, okay. Okay, I gave it a D. There we go. I'm okay. glad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we we're different. So, so. It, he, so it's the one pick that genuinely deserves consideration for an F. Maybe strange too. What do you think? Or do you think it doesn't deserve it? F like my only thing is like, yeah, I completely agree. And you're at this point in the draft where legitimate like picks are still important, but it's still a non top 100 pick to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it afterwards, but I feel like I saw something on the timeline on Friday about how like Baki told him on the phone we skipped a couple of guys just to make sure we got you. Yeah, I, I think uh they said that he said it in his interview with the Jags media. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, I mean like I definitely get your point that it's day three and you're just kind of throwing out darts and Baki did a good job it, of it's special it capital to like so that they could then like get the defensive backs and edge rushers and stuff like that later on. But it's just like prioritizing, like prioritizing a backup tight end and rotational running back. Sure. Then prioritizing a linebacker who should never see a defensive snap. I don't know. (laughs) 
he came out throwing heat that first night, dude. Like he was, and then this, yeah. you know, those picks, like three picks were in the adventure. <laughs> I, I, I was very curious where the draft was going to go after the Ventura Miller pick because it wasn't just that being the pick. It was like the two picks beforehand were also kind of head scratchers. So you were like, all right, this, this is shaping up to be a pretty weird class. But mm-hmm. after that, Balky kind of Balky kind of got in his bag after that pick. Yeah, so fourth round, 130th overall, the Jaguars take defensive end Tyler Lacey, who was a four-year starter at Oklahoma State and earned all Big 12 honorable mentions for the past three seasons, Smoot replacement. Yeah, you, the, key like, replacement. You, you watch him play, and like his body type, his strengths, how he'll be deployed. Like he, he's a Smoot. Like he, he, yeah. To me, he's like the Smoot replacement. So, will he be as good like this year as Smoot was last year? No, no, no way. Like he, he still has a lot of work to do as a pass rusher. But I mean, when I watched him, like this is the range I would take him in. You know, he like he. He'll be a good run defender right away. He has positional versatility. He has special teams versatility. And there are traits for him to develop as a pass rusher. So, it, it, I thought it was a solid pick. And, you know, like you said, to me, if, like, finding a potential long-term spoot replacement in the fourth round, I think, you know, that's probably a good pick. I, I, I did have – I tweeted something about the pass rush after the middle pick, and then they took Lacey, and somebody tweeted at me. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's, oh. not, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Per se. <laughs> <laughs> now the team will be able to sack Patrick Mahomes in 2023. Yeah. So no, I, I, I gave this one a B minus. Oh, damn it, John. I was going to say B minus too. I'll go B instead because, yeah, I Lacey was the other, only other guy besides Ventrell that I had specifically mocked to the Jaguars. I had them taking them in the fifth instead of the fourth, but that's not that big of a deal. So yeah. it makes sense in terms of long-term and short-term filling out the roster. The next pick was Louisville offensive outside linebacker, excuse me, Yasir Abdullah, picked 135th overall, so just five selections after Lacey in the fourth. Abdullah started for four years and had a second-team all-ACC selection in 2021, first-team selection in 2022, and he led the team in sacks and tackles for loss each of the past two years. So seems like a pretty productive pass rusher to add in, on day three, albeit small. Yeah, like, like to me, the only like questions like other guys to consider there would have been Darius Rush from South Carolina, but there's a reason he's available there in the fifth round. I think he fell all the way to the seventh. No, nah, he got he got taken like th- like two picks after. Uh, never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then thinking of someone else. And then KJ Henry, who got taken. Like with the very next pick after that, then I was going to Eli Ricks. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they to me, you know, they they took one of the very best players like still on the board. I was surprised he was still there. I thought he was going to go like early round four. Like there are some people who think maybe he should play off ball linebacker. I think the Jaguars, and it sounded like from the press conference, they're going to start him off on the edge. Jim Balky said like their coaches wanted kind of a guy who's a change up from what they had. With, and you know he's that you know he's a small guy, but he's light and quick, very good first step. You know, like you know, great athlete on the edge. To me, he's like one of the more exciting picks they make. I, I get that one an A plus just in terms of pure value. He's somebody who I thought you know should have went earlier, and he gives you a lot of versatility and again special teams value. Right, I would say B plus just because you're a tough grader. 
Well, yeah, I'm not going to be like one of those sites that gives out an A and B to every single team. It's like that's not how those works. But I think it's like a a genuinely above average grade for. That's the second A I've given them in six picks. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I also just don't want to give an A to someone who I've watched about ten minutes of. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so. But I don't know. Like I think it's definitely a good pick. Like you said, I, I would agree that it's one of the more exciting picks that the Jaguars came away with. He'll he'll be like a sub package pass rusher. Yeah. Sub designated pass rusher. And that'll be fun to see. So he's a, he like they said, yeah, he's a different type than anybody else they have. And when you're adding to a room, like that's what you want to do. To me, I thought he was one of the best pass rushers. Like I thought it, yeah. Overall, you know, him and Henry were probably the best guys like left if you want to add anybody to give you pass rush to. So I thought that was a good pick there. Okay. Antonio Johnson was selected in the fifth round, 160th overall. He was a two-year starter at safety for Texas A&M, though he also played in the nickel a lot. He earned second team all SEC's selection in 2021 and a first team selection in 2022. Led a&M and uh, forced fumbles last year. So on in terms of value, this is a great pick because Antonio Johnson was sometimes mocked to the Jaguars in the second or even first round, and then he falls all the way to the fifth round. And so ev- everyone and their mother was expecting him. <laughs> if you're listening to the audio, Shifley just did the Brian Wynn horse meme. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. John, what's what's going on here with Antonio uh, Johnson falling to the fifth round? Like he had a really bad combine. He only had one like career interception in college. Like somebody asked him in the Zoom, like his favorite play, and he was like, Oh, my only interception. <laughs> yeah, I really puts it in context. That's like, actually a wild stat. Yeah. No, it, it is. So like I get to, I get why he wasn't taken on day two, but he shouldn't have been taken in the fifth round. You know, mm-hmm. like like where where he was taking that all. He he, he shouldn't have been taking like it to me, like have you looked at what they said about him after they drafted him, like Falky and stuff? No, that's what you're here for. I yeah, want you exactly. to <laughs> to me it, it sounds like they have zero intentions of him playing like nickel. Like because yeah, he played a lot of snaps in the slot. Thank you, PFF, everything. We, we get it. The reason he did that was because he played strong safety for Texas AM. Sean Jenkins played a good amount of snaps in the slot last year, didn't he, Gus? He did, and he used Jacksonville's strong safety. Is he a slot corner? He is. Oh, man. No, he's not. So you see, these, yeah, you see, like you see, and that, that seems to be the thing that's tripping a lot of people up. Like, he's not, like, to me, he's like, he's going to be Sean Jenkins' backup, a core four special teams guy. Bulky, of course, mentioned that he was a special teams guy at AM. And, you know, maybe one day he can replace Jenkins, but he's not going to be the nickel guy because that's not his game. But, you know, he's a he's an enforcer as a tackler. He's a really good blitzer. He makes a lot of sense, like, what they like in defensive backs. Uh, and, I mean, just for, for – he was taken probably a full, like, round, round and a half later than when he should have been. So I give that one an A+. And I did watch more than 15 minutes on that one. <laughs> I would give it a B plus because at first I was thinking A plus as well. And then it kind of went back to the thing for me of like, well, does the team deserve a lot of credit for drafting a guy who fell so far? Or if anything, should they like be questioned for drafting a guy who fell so far? Um, And then like, I also thought it was an A initially because I saw the PFF nickel slot snaps and I hadn't watched them. So 
I was like, oh, okay, that that's a starter in 2023. There you read, go, potential read, starter at nickel. Read the Jaguar report, scatter reports, baby. I, hmm. I wouldn't lie to you. I, I, <laughs> I, I was preaching the truth. I promise oh. you, John. I I read all of your reports. There, there's been so much that has happened in the past month. Somebody at the combine told me they might take him in the first, and it was after I watched him, and I was like. You sure? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did feel some validation that he didn't go that like that. So he definitely should have gone earlier than he did, but everybody was like, okay, there you go. That's a starter in secondary, you know, future like impact player. I'd probably say slow your horses, but I mean, it's a good day. It's a good day three pick. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like I just say slow your ho- horses and take it down from an A plus to a B plus is what I'm doing. Cause yeah, I mean, I feel like Rayshon Jenkins would be a pretty good player comp too, not just Jenkins's replacement because he's just sure. he's a little bit bigger and faster and like more athletic generally, but he just kind of flies around. And clearly, loves to hit people and I, might not I be gave, great in coverage. I gave you my player comp. Needs to play close to the ball. What's your comp? I gave it to you like a week or two ago. John, I just said there's been so much happening recently. I don't remember anything you tell me, even though I promise I was listening or reading at one point. Josh Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I forgot about that. That's the same reaction you gave me the first time. <laughs> it makes sense, though, right? Yeah, that's a good one. That's why I'm laughing is because it's a good one. But, yeah, it, yeah not – yeah. Okay. So, B-plus and A-plus for Antonio Johnson, who was selected in the fifth. Getting to the sixth round, guys, now. Parker Washington, wide receiver out of Penn State. I'd say A minus. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Man. Like that, that was, that was a, like another like guy who probably went like a full round, round and a half later than he mm-hmm. should have. Yeah, like he, if he had done probably like any athletic testing and didn't have injuries at the end of like last year, he probably would have went like close closer to the top like one hundred. To me, like he, like yeah, yeah, he's a solid like wide receiver prospect. He's not somebody you're gonna. I think like target super early. Obviously, he's gonna be further down the depth chart right now. But one, he does have special teams value for right now. And two, like Christian Kirk's not even a bad player comp, like for him and stuff. <laughs> like, I was yeah. thinking like Christian comp, Christian Kirk, but just a little slower. Just like slower. like like just the way like he's built and stuff like that. The, yeah. the way like the way he wins, like it make, it makes sense. So I think definitely he's a guy who makes sense like further down on the depth chart. Somebody for them to develop. I had him making the fifty three. Whether he's a fifth receiver, whether he's a sixth receiver, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't think anybody outside the top three receivers is going to get the ball very much. But I thought it was a good pick, really good value for there. And, I mean, just in terms of, like, the receivers who, like, were left on the board when they pick, like, that, that that's a guy who I would have taken. You know, I would have taken him over Perry. I would have taken him over Palmer. Uh, Keishon Buete, uh, however you pronounce it, his, I'm more motivated than ever – Probably uh, <laughs> terrified me. So probably taking Washington over him too. Yeah, I don't think the Jags were necessarily going into the draft being like, ooh, let's find like a nice slot backup option behind Kirk. But I mean, one just kind of fell into their laps in the sixth round. And it was good value. Um, So this you have six receivers making the roster. Yeah. So Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Parker Washington, Jamal Agnew, Tim Jones. Okay. And then one question I forgot to ask. You were talking about Antonio Johnson and said core four special teams, or what does that mean? Play every special teams unit. 
like kickoff, return, uh, punt, and field goal. Okay. That's what I figured. Just clarifying. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're giving Parker Washington A's. All right. <clears throat> Sixth round, pick 202. Jaguars select Rutgers corner Christian Braswell. I'd never heard of him before the draft. He was the first corner taken, though, so for that I'll give the team a B. <laughs> he was somebody I had to go back and watch because, like you had said, like I, I hadn't heard about him before a draft. When when I'm back at, when when, I, when I've gone in and watched him though, like I I'm, I, I'm going to give it a B minus B. I feel like he's a he probably went about the range he should be drafted. I think he can be an interesting you know like anybody who's going to like make a depth chart out there now and saying that he's going to be the nickel right now is that's complete guesswork because I mean these guys are going to all get a chance, but it's whether or not they show up in training camp and actually play to it, but. He has good speed, good coverage ability, good ball production. You know, he was really good for Rutgers last year. So I, I think this is a good pick. And you know, secondary is one of those positions that you know you, you just kind of want to throw darts at. You know, like like just like hope like one guy you hit on eventually is right. And you know, they they tried to do that last year, uh, TBD. But it's not looking like either is going to be you know like a revelation or anything like that. So no. here's another here's another try. What would you I, say? Why are people I, mocking him to the? Go ahead. I was good. Last thing I will say when I went back and watched him, I think he's a better prospect than Brown and Junior were. Okay. All right. Thanks. <laughs> what? Uh, why are people saying that he's a slot corner from someone who doesn't know really anything about him? Is it because of his size, or did he play yeah. a lot in college, or just because of the need in Jacksonville? No, I mean he's he's small. He's he's not big. Okay. <laughs> That's all I needed to know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah, that 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 is. That is definitely it. it. It's it's not a uh, it's not you know like a case of people just looking at the cornerback position and saying oh there no nah, he's like five eleven. Okay, got it. Yeah. So uh, what's your grade for the spec? I gave it a B. I'll give it a B. Okay. That seems fair. Pick two oh eight six picks later, the Jaguars select Pittsburgh safety Eric Hallett the second. They so they've had him down as a cornerback, and Balky said he thinks he can play nickel. Hmm. He thinks he can also play safety. So I'm, I mean, when when I watched him, he was a guy who kind of like Washington. I thought like the, the grade I gave him would would have been like in the fourth, early fifth. So I thought he was really good value for where they got him. Super productive player at Pitt. Tested well. Like I I I, I thought this was a B B plus pick. Like. It, just in terms of like the value you can get in the sixth round, I thought this was a good pick. I agree. I again with the caveat of not having watched a ton of him in terms of the athleticism he has, the few highlights that I have seen of him, and the value since he was probably shouldn't have been a six round guy. I'm, I'm a little surprised at the Braswell before him. Right, like I wasn't surprised at the time since I hadn't heard of either of these guys, but looking back on it, I agree because it's like. I definitely agree with that. Seems to be a decent amount of praise for the Hallett pick. And then, I don't know. I think like some a decent amount of people liked the Braswell pick, but it wasn't like as big of a value pick or as exciting as Hallett, maybe. Tony Paul on, baby. <laughs> um, do you want to just group all the seventh round guys together? We don't have to. Let's talk about them one by one. Seventh round pick 226th. Jags select Appalachian State offensive lineman Cooper Hodges, 
who I believe played offensive tackle in college, but is expected to transition to guard. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to play him a guard. He's he's really big. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's a, he's, a, he's a solid run blocker. Really strong. Needs like work on his you know pass pro technique and overall he's a bit stiff. But he's a guy who he'll get a chance during training camp to you know compete at guard. But he's a seventh round pick at guard. So I uh, I don't know. He, it was a position of needs. So I'll go B minus. I was going to say C plus because position of need, like you said. Like I was expecting them to leave the draft with at least one interior line. C plus sounds good too, but I want to be different than you. So I'll go B minus. Yeah, we have been too much on the same page today. Yeah, for, for people who don't prep at all, this is very, very good. Very good. <laughs> That's true. Pick 227, North Carolina defensive tackle Raymond Vohasek. Am I butchering I, that? I, <laughs> Literally, all I, I know about him is that I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I have no takes other than they could use like nose tackle death. So again, a, a, a training camp guy. It's it seems like these picks were more or less like guys they wanted undrafted free agency who they didn't want to fight for in terms of contracts. Right, Balky did mention after the draft, which was maybe a little bit of copium after not being able to trade up earlier in the draft. But he was like, yeah, these seventh-round picks are actually more cost-effective than signing undrafted free agents. So that was interesting. Pick 240, maybe the most funnest pick of the whole draft, was Houston fullback-slash-edge Derek Parrish, who, despite his interesting film and uh, analytics as an edge rusher at Houston, is expected to be the fullback in Jacksonville. Right, John? Yeah. I mean, you know, he he's really small and has, like, like his arm length, it's like below thirty inches. So, like he he, he was never gonna be, you know, if you want to be a pass rusher, he would be playing in like a different different league. But yeah, he'll, he'll get a chance at fullback in training camp. I'm I'm not convinced until I see it with my own eyes that it's gonna be anything more than that. But I don't know. I'll get, I'll I'll give it a C plus pick just for making uh, somebody ask if it was signaling a philosophical change. <laughs> Is it? Is it? What was the reply to that? Uh, Peterson, he said, "Yeah, we're we're gonna be ground and pound. Trevor's gonna have game." <laughs> I I saw that response. I didn't realize that was what he was responding to. That's pretty funny. Because I was gonna ask, like, do you think it's more of a Balky pick or a Peterson pick? Just because I've never seen a Peterson offense I mean, fullback, and Balky yeah. did bring in a fullback like last year or two years ago, who was a guy that he drafted in San Francisco, two thousand twenty. Yeah, Bruce Miller, who was also yeah. – he was a defensive end at UCF. They converted him to a fullback, and he played for about five seasons before he ran into off-the-field issues. So, I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I give it a I give it a C-plus just for making Doug Peterson have to answer a question like that. Yeah, I'll give it a C-plus just because, like all these seventh-rounders, I'll just give a C off the bat. But it's pretty fun. Fullbacks are fun to think and talk about, so C-plus. Yeah, so – Overall, overall, yeah, I wasn't keeping track, so I don't have like a calculator per se, like I might have last year. I got, but... I, I got one, I got one for me. If I if I give you some, you want to put it together for a trade calculator? Oh no, no, not at all. What are you no. saying? Or a grade calculator? I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, you want to pull one up? Yeah. Okay. So we gave an A minus to Anton Harrison. Yeah. 
let's call it let's call it a D for Brendan Strange. Okay. Okay. Let's call it. Would you call it C C plus for Tank Bigsby? I would say C plus. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> Ventrell, you can go ahead and give a D minus. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, Lacy, do we give it B or B plus? Give it a B. Okay. And then to me, you can give the next three all A's. Make them all A minuses. Good. All right, go ahead. <laughs> just because you can't give. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're a stickler. Go ahead. Just. Go ahead. Wh- okay. You can. You. I'll allow you to give out one A slash A plus. Parker Washington. Okay. And then we'll give Yasir and Antonio both A minuses. Fine. Is it Yasir or Yasir? It's one S. Yasir? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Christian Braswell. Give it a B minus. Eric Hallett, B B plus. B plus. And And then then the rest B pluses. You're giving the rest B pluses? I was going to say C pluses. I said C pluses. Okay, good. I was going to say. Yeah, 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 okay. All right, so what's our our average? What's the GPA? You're asking me. I thought you were checking. I thought you were plugging it in. I thought okay. you I, I was reading it off to you. I thought you were doing it. <laughs> okay. I've got one pulled up right now. Let's <laughs> just give me 13 letter grades. Okay. Yeah, it includes plus or minus. So okay. Anton A minus. What are we given? Strange. We'll give it a D. Okay. C plus or tank. Okay. D minus or Ventro. Okay. You want to call it a B for Lacey? A B for Lacey? Yeah. Okay. What, an A for... Uh, a minus, A minus, A plus? Yeah. Okay. And then Braswell was... Do we say B or B plus? B, B minus. B minus? Yeah. Hallett? B plus. And then the rest C pluses? Yeah. <laughs> that for sure you were plugging and chugging. I, no. I was reading off the grades. <laughs> now I'm wondering what you were doing. <laughs> okay, so our grade point average is a 2.72, which equals B minus. And that's the same grade that I posted in an article I think yesterday for the you overall said, draft class. You said 2.72? Yeah, that doesn't matter. It was a B minus though. I was a 2.72, a B minus. I was unweighted. So a three a would be perfect. So so a three is perfect? No, probably a four. That'd make more sense, right? It's gotta be a four point grading scale. So four would be an A. I think that means 3.67 is a minus 3.3. Just stop. I shouldn't have said anything about the decimals. It's an average of B minus. <laughs> okay. okay. No, it... <laughs> if anything, we can like assign a higher show, <laughs> assign show a weight to like the first round, since obviously Anton Harrison is more important than anyone else and bring yeah. it up from a B minus to a B if you want to be really nice. But, but then. The day two and day three, 
<laughs> yeah, bring it back down a little bit. Too. Okay. Bring it back down. Yeah, so, so, Final answer, B minus. I'll give you B minus. I'll give you B minus. Did you uh, post like a final draft grade at all, or is this your first one? That's coming after this. <laughs> oh, it's coming after this? Okay, yeah. well, all right. Do you want to workshop my grades? Okay. Well, so to break it down for myself, I think day one and day three were wins because you filled yeah. your biggest roster hole while trading down to get extra, extra draft capital and just kind of throwing darts at the board um, in rounds four through seven, which is always a good strategy. You just get as many picks as possible and get as many choices as possible for guys who are 50-50 coin flips at best. Like in a, an event as unpredictable and random as a draft, like no team consistently wins the draft. So to have a bunch of day three picks is just generally speaking a good strategy. And then just like day two, it's less about the players and more about the opportunity cost yeah. and not coming away with another cornerback or edge in a conference that has Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Now Aaron Rodgers plus the AFC South all added a rookie quarterback in the first 33 picks of the draft. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that was my biggest takeaway is that you didn't really do anything to improve the defense for right now. And that was the unit. Like, if you, if you had said before the draft, the first three picks were going to be all offense, I would have said you were crazy. You know, like, it, dude, it I did last week. Like, my mocks were like one normal predictive one and then an odd all offensive mock and an all defensive mock. And people were like, this is absurd. And I was like, I know that's the point. It's like to like, just like have a different perspective and think of the draft in a different way. And then they did end up going all offense first three picks, which is pretty bewildering. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I otherwise I, I agree with you. You know, they did, they did very well on day one and three day two was day two was odd, but overall I like this class more. And I liked last year's class. Like, after like the dust of last year. Like I'll be honest, like I I have seen a lot of people like doom and glooming about this class. I thought like when the dust cleared last year, like like Saturday night when it really sets in what like the draft class is, like last year I was like, man, this class, I I don't know. But this this class I I, I think they actually did well overall. It's just day two was obviously very odd. There might have been a little bit of recency bias too, just because a, with like the heater that Baku is on in day one, you were maybe expecting a lot of things day two. I was. And also I, just. <laughs> I was expecting Michael Mayer, Dorna Washington, and Brian Branch. And he yeah. Was, Mayer would have been so cool. I can't believe he, I mean, I kind of can. But people, I was surprised like, I, to see you follow him up. For as much as people are like, when I've talked to like negative about the strange pick, they're like, would you have said the same about Mayer? And I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 that's the point <laughs> debatably a top 15 player in the class versus debatably a top 15 tight end in the class he's, he's a top 15 tight end yeah he is I was just trying yeah, to you're, yeah, you're, you're being kitschy yeah, uh, um, yeah. <clears throat> I did another article on Big Cut Country which was a roundup of national media sources for how they graded the draft and the consensus for them was a C plus for what it's worth which I just think is interesting to try to remove bias from within city limits yeah. and see how everyone else is thinking about it that's not so fair. slightly above average draft hall yeah and i mean like if you make 13 picks you would you'd expect like at least i'd say like you would hope five of them at the very least you know to hit 
in some form or fashion. I don't mean like five starters. I mean like where you pick them, like you consider them a hit. Like I consider Daniel Thomas a relative hit to where he was taken. You know, right? But, but Chris Claybrooks too. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And the biggest thing, like with this, is basically hoping Anton is can replace Shawan. And I personally think think he can. So I I overall thought it was a solid. And again, you know, when you have Trevor coming up for a big deal in a couple of years, you know, having this many rookie deals is going to be helpful. In terms of next steps, um, I'd assume Buddha is pretty much out as an option after the team drafted. I mean, Antonio Johnson is a fifth round pick, but it seems unlikely that they reset the safety market yeah. based on like what the roster looks like right now. Yeah. I, a veteran pass rusher, I think is like, Veteran pass rusher, maybe a veteran corner. I think like a moves they need to make like before week one. And, yeah, I uh, think they have to have a cornerback just because if Tyson Campbell or Darius Williams goes down, then you're screwed. But yeah, I'm expecting at least a edge rusher. I I'm very surprised like they're entering next season without like the secondary like change like up front like really at all. Like I know they express confidence in it, but I'm very surprised. Even like they still lost Shaq Griffin, which I know that no one really cared about Shaq Griffin in the last few months of when he was not even technically wearing a Jaguars jersey, but when he was on the team. But like you still lost a playable cornerback. Yeah. In terms of a timeline for uh, free agent additions, do you think like they could turn around and sign someone next week or within the next probably two, three weeks? Okay. All right. You got anything else? No, I, I have predictions on who those players may be, but we'll save that for next episode. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I, good. Say that. <laughs> I can't unhonk that horn. So. Okay. No, I, I overall, it was a fun draft weekend. The class looked nothing like anybody predicted, which <laughs> always is pretty funny to see how that yeah. plays out. But I don't know. It was, it, it was a fun weekend. I had a fun time. The first night was, I thought, suspenseful. It was pretty fun. You know, overall, all in all, good draft. Good draft. I agree. All right. Until next time, we'll be hitting you guys with some free agents to watch. John's official publicized grade and more. Adios.